Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saltalamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. I don't know if you know this, baseball isn't boring. We've proved it. We've proved it for nine months. We're going to continue to prove it with a podcast. My guy, Coop. Say hi, Coop. Hi, Coop. There you go. I'm uh, Rob Bradford, in case you don't know me. Bradfo on Twitter. And and like I said, we've been sort of uh, on this cause for the last nine months. And the fine folks at Odyssey said, you know what? you got to go national. You have to you have to make this the biggest and the best because the conversation is that important. So that's exactly what we're doing. We're doing a podcast. So before we get going, I should demand everyone subscribe rate leave a nice review and most importantly listen go to social accounts at bb isn't boring on twitter and instagram and i would be remiss if not introducing the ambassador of this whole thing the person that launched it the the trampoline so to speak of the the cause and that is young joseph kelly there was no other person to have on our first episode congratulations joe hey i just want to take the time you know i know it was a big decision it was between me and katie perry she's a huge baseball fan so Mm. Um, you know, we do have some things together, some special things we've done, but you know, I know you're a big Katy Perry fan. Mm-hmm. So Brad I want to say thank you, Coop. I know you always wanted me on first. So, um, but it's good to see you, see you two guys and, you know, happy to be here in nice weather. Finally, you know, I just got back from Chicago about three days ago and, uh, there was a few straight days of, of, of the high of 37. So, um, you know, now I got to wear t-shirts and some shorts. For Someone's got to do being. the tough work. Well, and you know, if there was only a t-shirt that you could wear that said baseballs and boring. Oh, there is. There absolutely oh. is. There you go. No, that- not, there, there is. There is. You probably have a ton. I have a ton. Problem is when you move from different <laughs> locations, 
there's shit in bags everywhere. And so <laughs> it's pretty damn impossible to find what you're looking for. Like this shirt right here is, I don't know, maybe three years old. I found it here in my house. Needed mm. something today. So, well, you know, listen. Sorry, so, sorry to sorry to disappoint you. All right, that's okay. You, you'll find those baseball ball isn't boring. Everyone can go to Swing Juice to find those baseballs and boring T shirts all over the place. As I said, go to the baseballs and boring Twitter Instagram account at BB isn't boring. So to go back before we get into uh, whatever we're going to get into, let's go back. Let's go back to where this all began, um, Joe. And you know, so we basically had the idea for a book. Correct. Correct. Mike, got this right so we, far? No, or, or we're going back to the book. Yeah, we did have an idea for a book. Oh, uh, well, where do you want to go back? You want to go back to no, the guaranteed no, no, no. Cy Young Award in 2014? No? No, let's just go back to the book. Okay. So we had the idea for the book. And the idea was basically, you know, do, you know, you're. As as we know, as everyone knows, that there is no better person to talk about what baseball, how base, how great baseball can be than you. You're welcome. So thank you. But we were talking about the, this doing this book, and and we talked not not only about talking about from your perspective, but from other people's perspectives. And so you know, any any anyway, because of that, we launched, and this is where Coop got involved. We said. Hey, listen, we gotta we gotta do a lot besides just the book as we lead into the book. And by the way, March 14th, you can get it. A damn near perfect game, reclaiming America's pastime by one of the uh nation's preeminent authors, Joseph Kelly. So um buy that. It's a nice Christmas present, right? Correct? It would Amazon? be a great Christmas present. No, I mean I I I don't I think it would be a great Christmas present, although it won't arrive on Christmas, obviously, because it comes out March 14th. But there is no there's there's nothing you could tell your your partner, your loved one, your kids, you know, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, anyone that plays any kind of sport. You know, it's a, it's a baseball book ultimately, but there's a lot of life lessons in there. Um, but there's no better way to tell someone that you love them so much is 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 by showing them that you have an IOU letter. Take it back to you know the third, fourth, fifth grade when we were young. You know, I had no money, so I'd write tons of IOU letters, um, and I always came through with them. You know, an IOU letter is only as good as as you actually coming through with your words. So. You know, tell them you're getting this, them this book for Christmas, but make it old school. Get some crayons, get a regular piece of paper, and write I O U blank. And here you go, a damn near perfect game. With yeah, the listen, I, parents love parents love homemade gifts. So you you do something like that, some arts and crafts. I mean, that's, every it's, kid should be getting this for their parents. And you got two. Most most people have two parents. I should say. I yeah. shouldn't make an assumption. Some there. have four. You know, divorce. That's true. Five, so we yeah. can even quadruple on sales. Mm. I mean, yes. every kid should be getting their parents. A, if a book. you have six parents, this is the book for you. So, but I think that yeah, I, I think you hit on it. This is like you, we promise vacations all the time at Christmas. Hey, always. In March, in April, in June, I'm promising you we're going to go on vacation. Well, how is this any different? You order the book on March, you know, it's going to arrive at your doorstep in March. There, what a treat. So there you go. It's almost as good as finding a $20 bill in your pocket from the wash. Oh. You know, you remember getting them, you remember getting them a gift, right? Hey, I got you this gift. You're so pumped. You're so pumped that you got the pre-order. And then, you know, months go by and you forget about it. Then March 14 comes and boom, it's out your door. And you're like, holy shit. It's like finding 20 bucks in your pocket. It's that's exactly it. Put it. You couldn't put it any yeah. better. It's like finding 20 bucks no. in your pocket after you do the laundry. There you go. And yeah. better Even than money, you it's, it. it's knowledge. You're, you're getting knowledge. That's more useful. True. You know, 
Well, teach a man to fish. He, he's he, you feed him for life. Well, speaking of which, I mean, this is this is why you know the book is going to make you a better person. This conversation is going to make a better person. Following the social account is going to make you a better person. Wearing the t-shirt is going to make you a better person. And most uh, well, most apropos right now is listening to this podcast is going to make you a better person. And so, in a better baseball fan, but more importantly, a better person. Because I think that one of the things going through the book is that you, you know we can scream and yell about baseball baseball isn't boring but baseball is on so many levels is is so important in so many ways and so fun in so many ways and so entertaining in so many ways and we don't have to have you know the 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 moment at philadelphia the bryce harper home run to realize that that's one example but there's so many and that's why we're going to be doing this every single day it's this daily podcast so when you wake up in the morning boom coop's going to have it ready for you right coop is that right pressure but i'm gonna i'm gonna try and get it done for the people well this is the first one you're gonna you're gonna wake up boom here it is the joe the joe (laughs) kelly in bad baseballs and fun ambassador right at your doorstep you're welcome we we did this we started in january so we go through and and really joe you go back to when you wrote that excellent op-ed for the la times it was right before the lockout ended people were saying that baseball's dead baseball's dying they're never going to recover from the lockout and lo and behold here comes this this op-ed from you which is let's not forget you know what we're fighting for let's not forget what we're waiting for and that's baseball and i think at that point you go back to that point and it's like people don't remember like they're like oh baseball they're never going to recover and here we are whatever you know nine months later or whatever after you basically proclaim this and it was one of the most entertaining seasons, one of the most entertaining nine months. And I think people went out of their way. And I think it was in large part because they read that your op-ed and were, were inspired by it, that people remember this stuff. It was excellent job by you. We're getting the conversation going. I appreciate that for, for the op-ed. And going back, like you said, nine months, I mean, there was so much banter of literally, I mean, an old video game turn you know someone plays a game it gets worn out you know you say hey what game are you gonna play tonight oh, i'm gonna go play fortnite not nah, dead game dead game what are, what are you playing like hey play this and that was specifically what you know major major outlets were saying you know not just the regular fan i mean we're talking about espns we're talking about you know major powerhouse writers from you know i'm not going to name drop their names but they were saying uh if this lockout keeps going baseball's dead you're losing fans um kids kids weren't kids kids were probably the only one saying baseball wasn't dead mm-hmm. obviously um you and, know they still us. enjoy playing the game and and that's where it starts and us and us i know that people don't like to be the i told you so guy but i love being the i told you so guy so uh <laughs> you know the hype was big playoffs are great they've been it's been great baseball so far um uh, I, you know, the lockout might have honestly helped the game when people were saying that it, it was going to crush it, which um, obviously we're here today. We're, I mean, who who would have ever thought that in January, you know, you're sitting there and all the things that you're saying, like people are the naysayers, the, the oh, this is going to kill baseball and everything. And and we're launching a podcast. We have a book. We have the socials. We have all this. And, and this is an easy conversation an easy car it's easier than ever to your point it's easier than and no one have ever would have ever thought that back then i mean nobody and and 
I think, I think honestly, that to your point, Joe, I think that people at the lockout might have been a good thing because all of a sudden we were shot out of a cannon and people understood, took a different look at it. And it really, I'm not just blowing smoke. Like when you wrote that op-ed, it was it was along those lines, right? It was like, let's yeah. not forget what's going on. Like, let's not forget about this stuff. And I think that yeah. this year, more than any other year I can remember, it was people didn't forget. People actually made the effort to look a little bit into like why this is awesome. No, I I, I completely agree. And you know, I hate to to bring it back, but to the old video game route. But I mean, I think MLB The Show 2022 was was you know the the highest grossing MLB The Show game ever. You know, and it was one of those things where people were missing the game of baseball so much. So they were taking their emotions out on saying, you know, well, F that I'm not going back F that, you know, it's so easy to just, you know, turn your back when it's not going your way. It's so, so easy to pout. Like you said, um, all those little things, all the negativity that everyone was saying about the game of baseball. Um, it was like you said, shot out of a cannon and people were scuffling to get tickets for, you know, for teams who don't win, we're getting a, a ton of ticket sales, you know, spring training happened in a flash. You know, people were packing their cars up and driving to spring training. Um, you know, those games were, were getting sold out. Uh, so it's one of those things that the same people that said it was going to be dead were the same people, you know, oh, I need to get my opening day tickets now. I need, I, I need to buy a ticket. Um, so, like you said, it's, it's an easy conversation to have. I mean, there's so many different aspects of the game of baseball you can talk about, um, from stats to personalities to – you know, practicing, you know, what do you do for your 12 year old practice? What do you do for your kids? Um, there's so many different things, you know, what's it like being a sports writer? You know, there's just so many different type of ways you could go about talking about the game. And I think that, you know, thanks to Odyssey and, and, and you and, and Coop and, you know, myself to, to put the baseball is a boring platform out there. I think it's, it, it's big. Um, and I think it's going to be, it's gonna be fun. There's no other podcast really like it. You know, there's always podcasts about baseball. Um, but it, it's usually from, you know, either a fan or, you know, someone talking about one game or maybe briefly touching about baseball, but there's no podcast that does it every single day. Um, it's going to have, you know, great guests on throughout the entire year. And, you know, it's going to be fun to watch and, and, and I'm going to be listening to the podcast even when I'm not on it. Boom. As players, cause this makes me curious, uh, after the lockout and maybe even during the lockout, did a lot of you guys notice the way like the community kind of like started interacting with baseball? Like, was it any different? Cause I mean, from my perspective, like I'm one of the young guys that kind of got sick of sports reporters, like big J guys, no offense, Rob, Mm. saying that the sport was going to die just because (laughs) like during the pandemic, it was like I was still like engaging with like the John boys of the world or like the Jared Krabbs of the world and guys like that because they were able to keep it alive. And I don't know, maybe MLB kind of finally caught on because I think they used to like really suck at the whole social media thing. And maybe they're now doing a better job of, you know, reaching that younger demographic. But as players, do you guys notice that? As, as players, I definitely know that the effort has been made. And it, it's funny that you bring that up because there's a specific conversation that I had with Commissioner of Baseball um, about, about these types of things. And, you know, through a sit down, through uh, text messages, um, shooting ideas off each other, um, just saying like this is how the game needs to grow. And, 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 and baseball has started to roll that snowball down the hill. You know, it, it, it's still small, um, but I think you you could see. I mean, they started with getting you know powerhouses to come and play. 
They started with more Amazon games. They started with more YouTube games. They started with more Apple TV games. Um, so you see all these big name brands coming in to support the game of baseball, uh, which is what the, the younger demographic, you know, likes to see. You know, the, they they like to see the quick, you know, the easy way. Um, you know, we had conversations about you know national media or sorry national games compared to local local games, and and these it's what's hard about it is right now is that these TV contracts are still going on and they're still so long for, for regional cable networks and these powerhouses that you can't just get rid of them right away. Cause you'd have to pay back all that money or, and you're not going to get all that money. Um, so I think, uh, they've done a better job with, with that. Like I said, with the, the big, big time players, these companies coming in and, you know, and even before that they got, you know, they hired on the pitching ninja, you know, he was doing his own account for a long time. And, and then MLB was like, Hey, you can't, copyright you can't use these video clips and so you know they ended up being you know what screw it this is better for the game of baseball so let's just hire this guy and put him under you know and put him on mlb staff and pay him as a as an mlb employee and you know so he could still do his job because when they blacked him out when they started getting his videos you know the fans got went wild and you know they're starting to understand more about you know like you said the john boys the, the crevices you know the hip new cool you know thing about all sports, not just baseball. Like this is what sells and this is what we need to do. Um, but the players do recognize it. it. It's been easier than ever to, to watch someone's highlights on, you know, homers or pitches that game. You know, you don't have to watch the whole game. Um, you know, single at bats. It, it's just a lot easier and, and more accessibility, I think. So it, it's been good so far this year. Um, and, you know, like to your point, that that's definitely grown the game for sure. You know, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's, the amount of times I've been DCMA'd for like reposting like MLB highlights is insane. Like you look like the NBA, anyone can just go and rip like a, a highlight and just yeah. put it up there because Adam Silver understands that that's the best way to, to like spread. I mean, it's free advertising it, it, at the end of the day, it's free advertising for the sport. So yeah. like from my perspective and like all my friends, like we've always just kind of looked at the MLB is just shooting themselves in the foot when I, like when you see stuff like that. Yeah. But they, you know, like to your point, I think that they've started to realize that. I mean, the fact is something that is, you know, some people didn't like this, whether it was miking up players more, you know, Bryce Harper hits one of the most momentous home runs in postseason history. And Ken Rosenthal's interviewing like two seconds. And later. you could talk to him. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think that is, that is legendary. You know, I think that, it goes back to, you know, not wanting, I don't, I hate using this term, but not wanting to show the personalities. It goes back to like the unwritten rules of like, you know, we're so serious of which we are, but, um, you know, football's done it. You know, you see, you see, um, Nick Saban at halftime come in and, and they're interviewing when he's come out of the field and they're losing and, you know, he's not happy to do it, but they do it. I mean, you see hockey players, you see the NHL do it after every period, every you know, period, they come yeah. in and they're doing, they're doing interviews. Um, you see coaches in the NBA do it. Um, so baseball was one of the last sports to, to, to end up doing that. And, you know, with the, with the new CBA, they're like, Hey, if you guys want to play baseball, you want to make more money. Everyone wants to make more money. We're going to have more media access in the playoffs in game. And what do you guys think about that? We're like, well, if you want to play baseball, let's do it. And I think that the players have now understood that it's not frowned upon, you know, they're not going to get backlash from someone else. You know, back in the day, 10 years ago, someone's like doing an interview during the playoffs, like get the hell out of here. Um, so it's now, now easier than ever uh, to be yourself where people aren't going to give you, you know, you're not going to worry about being a young guy going like, Hey, I just hit a homer in the NLCS and Ken Rosenthal is interviewing me. No one's going to even think twice. Bryce Harper's not going to look down there and be like, Oh, what's stop doing, doing an interview. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, 
so it, it, it's the more we could do this stuff, the more normal it will get. And you will, you'll forget, you know, even that, you know, you're in a playoff game and that's going to create better baseball, less pressure guys are perform better. Um, so I think it's been, it's been fun to see, you know, picking the brain, you know, of, of guys in big moments during the playoffs. Yeah. They're doing the interview. They might not be as honest as they really want to do. Like, Oh, you just hit this home run. Like, what were you looking for? Like, Oh, I'm just trying to put a good swing on this pitch. Like, no, like the, it was three Oh, the guy's going to throw me a fucking cutter and I'm going to take this ball deep. And he threw me a cutter in the zone. And then I freaking went off and, and took him deep. You know, Reese, Reese is a good guy. Reese Hoskins I'm talking about. Um, but you know, say what you really want to say. Like, Hey, three Oh, he's not going to challenge me with a fastball. Everyone knows this. It's nine out of 10 times. He's going to throw a cutter. And if it's for a strike, that's going to be the best pitch to hit. And I'm going to whack it. But you know, his answer is, Hey, I was looking for, you know, a pitch. I had the green light and, you know, he put it right there and, you know, I happened to just put a good swing on it. Like I'm, I'm tired of those interviews. So once, once this gets a little bit more normal, guys are going to go out and be like, you know, this is this, you know, if they came interview me when I came off the mountain, like, Hey, uh, you know, big moment, you struck the guy out. Like, you know, what made you, why'd you throw eight curveballs in a row? And then, then why'd you throw a fastball down the middle to freeze him? You know, because t- nine out of 10 times I'm gonna throw nine curveballs in a row. So I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna throw a fastball down the middle and, you know, get that guy. Like I kind of want to get at some point to those honest, honest answers of, you know, from those in-game interviews, which is going to be sick. Well, I want to go back to something that was the most important thing you said, which is how awesome this podcast is going to be because of the conversation. Um, but we, you know, I've said this to a million people. Like, so when, when, well, you know, we have these baseballs and boring t-shirts, I bring them down to spring training and you, you had them, Joe, you gave them out to yep. teammates and right away people are like, you know, well, number one, they're good shirts, but also, you know, that they, they, they like the message and to sort of like play off of what Coop was talking about the, what Coop was talking about, about how I think the players finally get to the point where they weren't so worried about their brand they were they under they understood they understood that this is this is something that we need to do we need to put ourselves out there we need to show people that baseball isn't boring they by the end of spring training everyone's wearing those t-shirts around because they like the message and that's it and and like then you see like going forward like throughout the year that people want to do this people want to do these podcasts like i had joe like i rich hill you know rich so Rich Hill basically said, hey, I said, Rich, you want to pop on like every once a week to do this, to talk about this stuff? He's like, yeah, and I'll get other guys to do it because you know why? Because it's a great conversation. Who doesn't want to talk about this stuff? Yeah. And I feel like like him saying that, guys in your clubhouse saying it, whoever it is, that is much more, as happening much more, or it's different mindset than it was 365 days ago. Yeah. No, oh, 100%. Yeah. You couldn't have said it better. Um, and, and coming from guys, you know, rich who is, is a veteran and, um, you know, myself who I got my 10 years of service this year, like it's, it's coming from guys who are older, who have, who have played, you know, a decade ago when it was frowned upon. So it's coming from guys who've seen both sides of it. Right. Um, and now the young guys coming up, haven't seen both sides of it, but the more that the older veterans can, you know, not give shit to the young guys for, Hey, why are you hosting a podcast? You know, once a week. Um, it's one of those things where you understand that this is, this is what people like. I mean, I have, like I said, my son Knox is six and a half. Um, he likes watching baseball games. Sometimes they get a little long. So he's like, Hey, all right, let's, let's, let's watch something else. And we'll go back to it. All right, cool. Um, but I put on, you know, a YouTube clip of the Savannah bananas just dancing after a home run or doing some kind of correlated thing. 
and he'll sit there and watch that for 10 straight hours and go through a hundred different videos. Um, so it's, it's, it's the things like that where, uh, the game is changing and MLB is changing. Like he'll go up and search, you know, best, um, football highlights from 2022. He'll go best NHL shots from 2021. He'll go, you know, best defensive plays in MLB 2022 series. And he's watching like these short clip videos of the best plays. And then, you know, that intrigues him. That's what sells, you know, this is what MLB is doing. They're starting to put more clips out there like that. Like, look at this phenomenal play um, from Josh Harrison. You know, he's a powerhouse name through veterans in the league. He might not be an everyday day name to the kids out there. Um, but if you watch him play defense, the guy deserves a gold glove. He's phenomenal. The place he makes is incredible. And I got to see it, you know, on an everyday basis this year. And so Knox, um, became a fan of Josh Harrison. He's like, ah, he's so good at defense. Look at this play. And so he'll like be going scrolling through defensive plays with Josh Harrison. Um, so just having the more accessibility of, of clipping these things and putting them on the internet um, helps grow the game of baseball. Um, and, and luckily for me, I get to see my job as it, and then I get to see it through a kid's eyes. Um, so I kind of have a great melting pot of, of ideas of, of how this game is so great. Um, and so it's cool if I want the opinion of, of a, of a child, of a kid, of someone who plays a game, someone who watches a game, you know, I get to have that, you know, you know, I go inside right now and go ask him like, Hey, what do you think about this? And he'll give me a straight answer and, and, and kids don't lie. So it, it's one of those things that, you know, it's a learning thing, learning curve. And like, we're going back to the point of, of MLB and 365 days ago, guys would not jump on a podcast. Um, guys wouldn't be as open. And now that they've seen to this point in time, now they've seen what it's like, you know, now they're comfortable with it. They're not shy about it. Um, and the exposure is great. The exposure is great, not just for that player. It's great for the game, great for that team. Um, and it's great for podcasts and it's great for things for anyone to talk about, like me, you, Coop, any day. Um, it's great to see it from all these different, you know, avenues of the game. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Like, we obviously, we have you on, we have players on, we have, you know, we're going to have Cora on um, in episode two talking about what it's like to get ready for a World Series. You know, there's that aspect of it. But, you know, I want to talk about, and we did the plenty of this in the book, you know, where, you know, we have to, we talk about Mark Hoppus of Blink-182. I'm like, listening to you interview him was one of the more, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? This is a guy has a great, he's he fell in love with baseball in his late 30s. Um, and this is why he fell in love with it. And the constant theme is, I think, whether it's him and a ton of people, you know, Rob Lowe or whoever it is, you know, I think that everybody says, hey, listen, I took the time to say, hey, wait a second. Let's just slow things down just a second. And it's really, really good. Instead of like the back and forth, the ping pong, the basketball, the hockey, the, the, the instant gratification, everything. And I think that people understand that, understood that even more. Like take guys, I mean, take the, uh, the Bryce Harper at bat, right? I mean, think about that. The every single moment, however long that at bat lasted, every single moment of that at bat, you're thinking about what everybody involved is thinking about. All the way to the point of this moment where you have an entire stadium just lose their mind. I mean, that is a microcosm of what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean that is that's special because coming from the pitcher, coming from Bryce, everyone knows what needs to be done and if you just look at the odds of that, you know, the whole stadium's crossing their fingers, praying to God, you know, making wishes um, for that to actually happen is, is, is what makes baseball so great. Um, 
because here's a player who, you know, was dubbed the LeBron James when he was 18 of baseball. You know, here's a player who's been through injuries. Here's a player who's been through ups and downs. Here's a player who other players have hate. Here's a player that other players have loved. Um, and for him, and I think you see it, like, I was talking to my wife about it, like, hey, Bryce Harper, like, it would be cool for him to finally get a ring. It's it, like, it, you have the regular fan, the regular person saying, man, Bryce Harper, like, you know, all the hype that he had his whole career, probably all the pressure he's had to deal with, um, all the failures, all the injuries, all the, like, people say he's a bust, you know, $300 million contract from the Phillies. Missing you know, out on they winning win. with the Nationals. I mean, that even that plays into the storyline, too. It's crazy that his moment finally came and he didn't miss that opportunity. And, you know, it's going through his head that, he wasn't forcing the issue. He was like, I'm going to hit a homer, but I'm not, I'm not putting so much pressure on myself where, you know, he finally, I could see it in his eyes. It's finally like going like, I don't care about the fans. I don't care about anything. All I care about is my team. I don't care about the hype. I'm going deep and I'm trying as hard as I can to go deep where before, like he would get out or strike out on the situation. And he'd probably worry about like, Oh, Philly fans are going to boo me. Oh, I'm going to get this slack on media. Oh, you're a bust. You get paid so much money for this. Um, for him to finally get that moment, you know, I felt how special it was for him at that time. All right. So now we, since you're on, we're going to talk about the World Series. And the obvious question is, you know, I think it's it'll be a great World Series. I think if you do a poll of America, 80% of people are going to be rooting for the Phillies. That's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when you look, do you think, because you've had your obviously your history with the Astros, do you think that when people watch, even though it's a few years gone by, when people watch this World Series, will they they can they like separate themselves from what the Astros did? and what they were, or is this still going to be lingering throughout the whole World Series? It's going to be lingering for sure. I don't think there's going to be any kind of separation. Um, I think that, you know, like you said, it's probably going to be closer than 90% of, of everyone wanting the Phillies to win. And it is going to be a great World Series. The Astros are a phenomenal team, and everyone knows that. I mean, they just manhandled the Yankees 4-0. Um, they're still great. They still have great players. They have great pitching. Um but this World Series is is, is, is going to be different. I mean, it's this is a Phillies team who, yeah, they might not have won 110 games or whatever like the Dodgers, but the names and the powerhouse players they have, the perennial players they have on their team is a literal all-star team, and so is, so is the Astros. But I think when you look at their lineup and you look at the, the names on the back of their jerseys, like, holy shit, why is this the first time they made it to the World Series? You know what I mean? Um and those guys are playing loose. They're playing free. You don't see pressure on them. You know, they're not just like a bunch of young guys. They're all vet seasoned veterans. Um, you know, they all have had those, you know, moments where fans are like, you guys suck for how much money you make. You guys are not performing. And now they're finally performing, which, which is fun to see. And what makes them dangerous is two outs. They could, they're going to hit a two run homer at any given time. And, and, and the teams that hit the most homers you've seen have been scoring the most runs. And, and, and I don't think anyone's going to hit more homers in the world series than the Phillies. I think the Phillies out homer, um, the Astros by, by a lot. Um, so it's going to be fun to see. Um, it's going to be a, a great world series. And I think the best teams are in the world series at, at this point in time. Um, you might say the Dodgers, but like the, the teams that are playing the best are obviously there. You have to, but I think Philly is the best team, um, going into this World Series that the National League could put up against the Astros. So, so you just said something super interesting there. Um, the best teams made it. And there were a lot of people after the division series that were complaining. And I think it was mostly people from those regions that covered those teams that 
the the new playoff structure kind of hurts baseball because you're not getting the Dodgers advancing. But I mean, the, the whole point of the playoffs is to figure out who is the best team at that time and who's the best team built for the entire season. Um, have you have any players had that discussion of you know, like maybe there's too many games in the playoffs right now? Maybe they aren't playing enough. Like every series should be seven. Um, every series should be seven, I think. But still, I think uh, no matter what, you know, the best team doesn't always run the World Series. It's the best baseball team at that time. It's the best team that's actually clicking on all cylinders. Um, and right now, it's Philly. Uh, and and obviously, you know, a couple years ago it was Washington. You know, after that it was you know the Dodgers. And I think from start to finish, you've only seen a couple teams, you know, be able to carry all the way throughout you know, the world series in the past, you know, decade, um, 2018, no big deal. 2018, it was the Red Sox. 2020 was the same year where teams from start to finish were the best. Um, you look at the Braves, they weren't the best throughout the whole year. They were under 500. Um, and that's what makes baseball great. There's, there's only, let's just say 30%, 30% of world series champions start to finish are the best team in all of baseball. And that's what makes it so special. Um, you get in the playoffs, everyone has a chance. Um, I think that's what makes people tune in more. That's what gives you hope. Say you're a small market team um, and you get in the World Series uh, or you get in the playoffs, that's what gives your team hope. You're like, yeah, the other team is way better than us, but, I mean, it takes an error. It takes one guy to go off in the bullpen. It takes one guy to be a great starting pitcher. It takes one hitter. Um, That's what makes uh, this conversation happen, you know, on an everyday basis. And I think, like I said, um, the best team from the National League is the Phillies. Um, the Astros have been the best from start to finish. So they're one of those teams that they win this year, they'll be part of the best teams from start to finish type thing. Um, one of those 30%. Uh, but if they don't, then you got Philly, who's the, the, the majority, the 70% of teams, you know, aren't the best team from start to finish. They're, they might've had the talent to be, you know, but they didn't win a lot of games during the regular season, but they were the best team to win the world series in the playoffs at that time. And, you know, like I said, that's what makes, baseball and stats so crazy and and, and, it, and it's enjoying for you know myself as a major league baseball player to watch um you know to break down at bats to see how guys are pitching you know to see if guys are nervous in certain spots um it, it, it's definitely the most enjoyable time i've had not being in the postseason watching the postseason mm-hmm. and, and that's pretty crazy to say I want to go back to, you know, when we talk about 90% of people rooting against the Astros, they've had a lot of turnover since all that stuff went down. Not a lot, but some. Do the does the does the Major League Baseball teams and players still sort of view the for lack of a better term hold a grudge when they play the Astros? Is it still or you know, uh, or has that dissipated a little bit? I mean, is there still like, you know, in you know, I know that you had a thing with Tony Kemp earlier this year. You know, obviously you have a history with Correa. He doesn't play for the Astros anymore. But still, the Astros are the Astros, and there's still a lot of guys on that team. Do you think, from inside baseball, do you think that people still hold a grudge against him? I think so. I would say so, yeah. Um, you know, they could have a completely different team, you know, here in a couple of years. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that's tarnished for life. It's, it's, it's tough. You know, they could have in 10 years, 15 years, you know, they could have a great team and, and people will be like still in the back of their minds are going to not feel, they're not going to be authentic for their feelings. I think it's just one of those things that, you know, they're going to be screwed forever just because social media was so big. And when that happened, it was, if this would have happened, you know, when I came up when Twitter was nothing in 2012, um, I think it could have been gone. 
Um, but I think now with how crazy memes and gifts and, you know, podcasts with, with all entertainment is now not on TV. It's now on the internet. I think how crazy that like, it's the old thing that the internet never forgets. You could tweet something dumb and delete it, but someone's going to screenshot it. 10, like I said, 15, 20 years, I think people are still going to be upset. Um, if the Astros are in the playoffs, um, and as a major league baseball player, um, the guys that are still playing, they don't forget, you know, guys that are just coming up in the minor leagues, you know, they, they know what happened. Um, so it's just one of those things that you just have to live with. Um, you know, let's just say the Astros end up winning the world series this year. And, you know, obviously no cheating involved. They're great baseball players. Um, people are still aren't going to give them credit for it. Um, which sucks is if I was a player on that team. Um, but I mean, it is what it is. And, and that's, you know, you reap what you sow kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, um, the reaction if they do. Um, but it's going to be a great world series overall. So, all right, cool. What were you saying, bro? But I didn't see. No, so after after they had clinched uh, John Boy as the the media giant that they are, they put out some T-shirts and everything. And uh, Alex Bregman had a quick do to do, tweeted something, then deleted it. It was along the lines of, um, <laughs> "We buy our like merchandise from some Houston based company, not from conspiracy theorists." Um, so he's he still very much thinks about those videos that they put out on social media. Oh yeah, no doubt. Dude, like so the Seattle Mariners, I mean, they leaned into it, right? I mean, when they were going back to Seattle and or, or into that series, they had the the Department of uh, Parks, you know, said, "Hey, you know, watch the trash cans." You know, to your, I think that I think make our first bumper sticker coop. Joe came up with it. The internet never forgets, right? No. Correct. <laughs> That's, internet lasts they're, they're literally the internet never forgets team <laughs> well all right man well it's uh good times i appreciate that you uh you being you yeah you, of course so uh good times ahead and um and yeah so it's it's been a it's been a wild journey and, and it's great to have this podcast and great to have you help launch it and um i know that uh and coop same thing it's Coop's done an unbelievable job and he continues to be an unbelievable job. The straw that stirs a drink. He he's also, but we you know what we pay him? We pay him in smiles, t-shirts, and acknowledgments and books. So there you go. <laughs> I gotta get extra big smiles though. Inflation's crazy. I know. Yeah. All right. All right, man. Appreciate it. All right, gentlemen. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.